Welcome, everyone. I want to start by telling you why this podcast exists. Here's the thing. If you get out of bed in the morning, you are impacting someone with your life. We are telling a story, and every day is like one chapter in that story. The time will come when there are no more chapters to write, and the people we care about and the people that come after us will simply be reading our book. I don't know about you, but I am not that great of a storyteller, so I have to find an outline to follow. The most amazing outline that I have found is the one that Jesus gave us with his life. This podcast is about talking to people using that outline to write their own amazing stories. Our podcast is produced by Be Fun, Be Kind Podcasts. If you would like to explore podcasting yourself, Check out BeFunBeCon.com to learn how to create impactful conversation through podcasting. That's also where you can learn more about our mission and even partner with us through our journey. You can find us at BeFunBeCon.com forward slash Jesus taught me that. We would also love if you would just share this podcast with someone. Let's get started. Welcome. We are excited to have a little bit of a different conversation today. We are going to be talking about how to transform the message of Jesus and the message of Christ into a life model that can apply specifically to burnout, but also to different challenges that you're going to be facing in your life. And with us to talk about that specifically is Jeff Caliguire, and he has his own life coach and transformational um, coaching company where he actually trains and shows people how to do this. He is an author. He he is a he's a pastor, former pastor, and so we're really looking forward to hearing his input on this industry, and really from the perspective, from the Christian perspective, of how we can use the message of Christ to really be applicable in some tough areas of our life. Jeff, it's great to have you on. Let me turn the floor over to you for just a second, and and first of all, welcome you, and just give you a chance to intro us into what was. What got you into this industry? What was your passion in, in getting going to this and realizing that this was your mission and this was your calling? Yeah, I think there's a certain sense in which it wasn't from when I was a kid on my to-do list. There's a little bit of being surprised by that this became what I really cared about, what I really became passionate about, and even that I saw myself as having some ability in. So I feel like a lot of times your pain influences what you become passionate about. My pain has made me very passionate about this, which then made me go, okay, how do I learn this at a deep level to be able to have some competency and help other people? I, I became a pastor because I wanted to help people. I think I became a coach because I, I realized that was how I could best help. Yeah, and I feel like that is the way a lot of us should perhaps go about our calling and go about whatever we feel like our impact can be in the people around us. We need to step back and say, number one, what do we enjoy? But number two, what do we really feel like we're good at? What do we feel like our skill set matches up well with? And then try to figure out how to pursue that. Yeah, you probably heard the quote from Frederick Beekner is that the place God calls us is the place where our deepest joy meets uh, the, the world's deep need. And so I've realized my my joy, which came out of my own pain, now I've come to realize a lot of people need this. Even now, helping reproduce and grow and develop coaches, 
because I see the need as so deep right now at our time in history. Yeah, absolutely. I know you do a lot of work in actually training the trainer, so to speak, but I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the person being trained, for example. And, and I think we have a unique conversation here and that we can actually focus this on the, the Christian mindset and the Christian worldview. How have you seen people apply this, I guess, in their life? Because I feel like sometimes there can be a disconnect of the Christian, maybe even like the legalism of Christianity and the actual applicability of Christianity in really getting you through tough times. And I feel like sometimes the legalism can get involved in that and, and, and almost hurt people when they're going through some really tough times. And so what what are some ways that you have seen people really apply that well, or you've taught people to really apply that well, or just what are your thoughts on that? So Jesus himself said that you know, he came that we might have life and have it to the full. And when we're experiencing things that are anger, discouragement, depression, burnout, clearly the, the, bell, the lights on the dashboard are going off. And so most people come to coaching because they're, they're, they've got something that's not quite working. It's almost, have you ever driven a car, Brent, where not all the cylinders are firing? It's like super clunky. I unfortunately have driven a car like that. But what, what happens is someone starts to go, I, this abundant life thing, it sounds great on paper. Why not? And as a pastor, I was you know, teaching this concept that Jesus came with that we might have life. That, that ultimately love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Those were all the things that we were supposed to experience. And then if you were to do a diagnosis or put a dipstick in the oil, you'd go, all right, something's not working here. And so I think the first thing that somebody comes into a coaching relationship is there's something that's broken. And today, so many people are struggling with, with emotional, mental issues that they've been surprised by. Burnout has been, people are now talking about that in, in business. It hadn't been on anybody's radar, and now you've got people struggling. So I think the first thing is, like anyone who goes into a 12-step, I realized I had a problem. Something wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Okay, that makes sense. I think burnout is something that has really come up specifically in the last couple of years, and people would just, the things that have been going on in the, the last year and a half or so, and it's something that people maybe have not dealt with before or have not really had added to their life on top of everything else that has been going on. And so I feel like a lot of people, to your point, this is they've reached a point where they don't know what to do or they don't know how to cope. And I feel like we've seen perhaps a lot more like mental struggles than we have really ever seen before. And that impacts a lot of people, sometimes you can think, oh, I'm the only one that this is impacting and I'm keeping it to myself, but you don't realize like that, that has a bit of a wave, I think, at least anyway. If you're struggling, the people that care about you are probably being impacted to some degree. Obviously, our calling, our mission, our purpose is impacted if, if we're struggling. And so not finding a method, not finding a way to actually work through that and deal with that, I believe can actually have a large impact beyond just ourselves. Yeah, there's even uh, there's even a name now for how many people are leaving companies. It's called the Great Resignation, uh, where you've got this year 25% of people will leave their organizations, their churches, their ministries. And so you've got people leaving, and there's been a sense that 
the rationale and when you ask people how come, the first thing they'll say is, I'm not being seen, recognized, or, or, or empowered by my, my manager. The second thing is they're experiencing burnout. And so the question is, well, what is that? And uh, I, if, I, if you look it up just simply on Google, burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. And so you've got, we are, we are spiritual people in our work. And when there's something broken there, people leave or they get really disheartened and, and it affects them emotionally. They can't sleep. They no longer enjoy the things they used to enjoy, which is what happened to me. And that's where I feel like there are things that can be done. And I think coaching brings an amazing opportunity for that. What I've seen is it's not okay to live in burnout and accept that I hate my job. I'm not motivated anymore. I can't sleep. I'm anxious and see that as something that's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you have a book and your newest book really addresses that in depth. And we'll talk about that just a bit more in a second, but I encourage our readers to check that out. But I want to ask you this, just from your background of being a pastor, and you mentioned this a little bit a second ago, in what ways is the, the message of Jesus, the message of Christ unique in approaching this? In, in what ways is it unique to just some of maybe the other models, uh, maybe secular models that we have out there? In what ways is it specifically unique in approaching this, you think? Yeah, great question. And yeah, I feel ultimately like the whole idea of connection to the vine brings the life that brings restoration and transformation. And so sometimes we need some of both. Restoration is where our souls our souls are, are restored. And as we connect deeply in a real relationship with, with Jesus, as part of our habits, as part of our way of life, that restores our soul. And then as we are in community and we're transformed, we address this, these things that are holding us back. So I feel the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, those things are, as we connect deeply with God, they restore us. But most of us, even me as a pastor, when I was a pastor, I hadn't learned to practice things that restored my soul and, and overcame burnout or knew how to diagnose. And I feel like Jesus modeled that. Uh, Jesus taught that. And Jesus can transform that today. Yeah, that is a really good point. And so you're talking about the days when you were a pastor. And I actually think that's an interesting point to bring up. So in case we have some people in ministry and, and, and some pastors that are listening to this, I think maybe they can often forget to give them sympathy in burnout in these same sort of struggles that they're going through. My goodness, they're dealing with a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. You think of the people that they're having to be there for, and, and just sometimes there's some sometimes there's some political aspects in a church and, and that pastors are having to deal with. And so there's some complexity. And so burnout can be something very real in pastoral ministry, but in, in any sort of ministry. And so how would you frame that for them? And what would be your, your, your words to, to that specifically? Yeah, so some of the things that, 
that have been studied to have led to a burnout are, number one, unreasonable time pressure. Having been a pastor, like there is so much unreasonable time pressure on the life, especially a lot of times you don't take weekends or time off. There's a lack of communication and support from a manager who's ma- who's managing the, the pastor and sometimes like they're bored. There's not a clarity, lack of role clarity. Those are issues that lead to, to a sense of burnout. So clearly there's leaders need to address this in their own life and then help others address it. And that's where I feel like if they can learn some of the things of how to pra- do practices that rebuild and restore them and take regular time off, do the things that Jesus did. What do I learn from Jesus? He got away regularly. He took time for his own prayer. There, there really are spiritual practices that can address this that are what Jesus has as a way of life that most companies would never think about. And often most ministries don't think about, or at least a lot of them. Yeah, and I think a lot of people forget about that aspect of Jesus, that he really intentionally took that time to himself. And I think, man, what a great model. What a great model for us. We have the Sabbath. I think that, in a sense, is built into Christianity with the Sabbath, but I feel like we have even jaded that a little bit. Like, we we sort of take it off. Like, maybe we don't do our normal job on that day, but we can often fill it up and make it just as complex if not even more complex than our typical working days. So I think it's something to think about, like how often are we literally stepping back, getting some time to ourselves, and really working through those types of things? Yeah. So as a pastor, I was a pastor in Boston. I used to go to monasteries just so that I had a special place that was for me to get away. It was before cell phone, but it's still, I still needed a special place. My wife and I are building a leadership retreat place uh, here in Boulder, Colorado, and we've built this little house that we call the Dream Shed that's just a place to get away to for your own process, your own solitude. It overlooks the mountains, but it but having a place that you go to and that restores you, that's your place, is really significant. Clearly your time as well, but as I'm coaching people, part of what I'm often having them do is just asking the question, how are you restored? What's going to bring, breathe life back into you? And simply by asking that question, sometimes a client will say, wow, I hadn't thought about that. And and it's just, we've be- they've become so used to thinking more and busier is better instead of what am I doing to process, to get away, to, to breathe. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree. That's something that if we don't implement that, then we're going to see consequences, which I think we've seen in the past couple of years or so. And let me approach this from a different angle. We've talked a little bit about the reactive nature of this. What are some proactive things that we do? You mentioned communication, and I often wonder if great communication with the people around us is perhaps a proactive step. But yeah, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. What are some proactive things? Maybe we're not experiencing burnout yet but we want to get ahead of this before we start experiencing some of these things. How can we be proactive in that? Yeah, I actually uh, ran into a, a young friend. He's, I think he's probably 26 years old at Christmas party. And I said, Mitch, you're, you just seem so, you're doing so well. He, he said, he, I said, what's going on? He goes, I feel like I've learned how to pray. 
I've learned how to do meditation and prayer. So like even during the day, I will stop and just take 10 minutes to breathe and pray a breath prayer. Something like, Jesus, take control, or I am your child, or I belong to you. And by simply having where you stop in the middle of the day and do that, like before I get on a call, sometimes I'll just open my arms and just breathe and like a body posture that, that does that and then just take, you know, a minute even. So like these little, it doesn't need to be long, but learning to practice and bring your spiritual practices into the middle of the day, not just the end of the day or the beginning of the day is very significant. And so like before I get on a coaching call, I usually try to get a drink of water, but then sit down and commit it to God and just breathe. And so like simple things like that, I think can be learned and taught, but if you don't practice, it's great in your mind, but you need to practice it. It's really neat to hear you say that because I think from a Christian worldview, we can often think of prayer in, only in the spiritual terms. That's sometimes, I don't know if we're if, if that's how it's taught to us, but I think sometimes that's how we relate to it. And we forget about the, phys- the, the, the physical potential of that and the physical, the ways that can impact us physically as well. So that's a really great point, and I'm glad to hear you mention it that way. Yeah, we are integrated body, mind, and soul, so we can't you know, undo. So if our body posture helps us, then bend your knees, open your arms, put your hands out. And a lot of times we think, was well, that weird? I mean, do it in your office alone. There's something valuable to that body posture. Yeah, now 100%. That's so true. I feel like that's something that, I don't know, I could implement better. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. So I want to talk about your book just because it dives much deeper than we're going to be able to talk about in this conversation. So I, I, number one, want our audience to know about it and give them the chance to be exposed to it and go out and check it out. Can you intro us into that a little bit? Obviously, where we can find it and, and that sort of thing as well. But just give us maybe a little bit of a deeper dive into that. Yeah, the book is called The Habits of Hope. And it's self-leadership strategies to unleash your bigger purpose. So it's actually a, a parable that is, in so many ways, I'll just give this away, it's based on my own life story of going through burnout, of through discouragement and feeling I didn't know my purpose. And, uh, and in the story, there's a learning from a mentor how to practice things that restore your hope. And, uh, and so it, it, I have to read it periodically and remind myself, but there's practices in here that can help grow your hope as a way of life. Most people don't think, how do I grow my hope or how do I avoid burnout? And this book is about those things. Yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. I love that. What are there? So if someone is just wanting to follow you, obviously I want people to go check out the book, but if people are just wanting to follow you, follow your message, follow your content, learn more about what you are doing, is there a good place that they can do that and keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, just go to wetraincoaches.com and you can sign up there. There's a giveaway there called 10 Days to Grow Your Confidence. You can sign up and those are 10 videos that I, where I teach these issues. And then if you're wanting to become a coach, there's an assessment there on is coaching for me. But then if you're interested in the book, it's available both on Amazon and then thehabitsofhope.com as a way to, to get the book. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely encourage our listeners to go and check that out. And you also made a good point. You're talking about training coaches. So we actually have a follow-up segment to this that I hope everyone will check out. If you actually feel a calling to help other people 
uh, not just just uh, cope with burnout, but also just help them through their life in a more intentional way. If you feel like that is a, a calling, a mission that you believe you should be going down, we're going to be talking about that specifically in our next segment. Even if it's not from, from a career standpoint, if you just think that you would be good at that or you would enjoy pouring into other people's life, if you want to learn how to do that better, then stay tuned for a next segment. And for sure, if you think you want to do it from a career standpoint, the next segment is going to be 100% for you. And so, Jeff, this has been amazing. Thank you for coming on. Really looking forward to our next segment as well, but I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for joining us in this series as we explore more about who Jesus is. So much in our society has been influenced by his life in some way. Something I think about is that if I wanted to be the best painter I could possibly be, I would probably find the best painter in history to pattern after, maybe Leonardo da Vinci. If I wanted to create a really cool computer company, I would probably follow Steve Jobs. Plus, I don't know, apples are my favorite fruit, so that sort of makes sense. If I wanted to live the best life I possibly could, not just a good life, not even just a great life, but the best life, I would try to find someone who lived life perfectly. The only person I know of who has done that is Jesus. If you heard something today you're curious about, you have questions on, or you simply want to learn how to apply the message that Jesus gave us to your own life, I invite you to reach out. You can contact us just by going to our page at befundbecon.com forward slash Jesus taught me that. I'll see you on the next episode.